We'll move on. I want to talk about, and I share this, just the power of agreement to walk as one. The power of agreement, this incredible power. These words came out of Jeremy's mouth about two weeks ago in our staff meeting. And they just resonated around the room. The power to agree to walk as one, even in the indifferences. Even when we, you know, we, we disagree, we can still walk as one because the greater cause is bigger than the individual cause. And you know, yesterday I was I was watching and I I, I tried to participate in as much as I could, but um, you know the the van thing just blew me out. And and it was the second challenge that we had, and the old knee went. No, that's not quite a good idea. And then I tried to run outside here, and the other knee went. No, that's not quite a good idea. And so I uh, had to go to the cafe and look after the kids with ice blocks and sprite. And, and empower my team and what happened? You didn't do too well. We didn't even register on the, on the top five. But, you know, I thought I needed to release people into their calling uh, while I look after my children. But I was just sort of watching and I was part of it and just seeing people engage, seeing people work as a team to complete the task, to complete the purpose, you know. I mean, pushing that van that took... All of everyone in our team to just push it and, and go back. And if we do it again, whoever organised that, can we just go one length next year? Um, who's agree with that? Yeah, amen. But um, just watching the different dynamics and, and the, you know, the, the spoon race and the sack race and the, and the tag teams, and that's what it means to agree to a greater purpose, to walk as one and to depend on one another. And God has created this whole thing up on a dependence that we need each other to function because we're one body. And if you think of it like this, we have this aisle down the middle. You know, on one side, we are all individuals with individual gifts, individual talents, individual personalities. We're from different cultures and backgrounds. And we are to operate in that individual aspect of us. But then the Bible talks about this thing called the body of Christ, which we have to understand and we have to move as a body of Christ, which sits on this side, where we function together. So we can't operate on our own on this side and go, you know what, I'm okay, I've got my gift and I'm operating in it. That gift, the purpose of that gift is to fit into this thing called the body. And so the body walks and functions. And when the body walks and functions as it's been created to, there is incredible synergy and incredible power and the presence of God comes and manifests itself through the church, through the body. And so I want you to think about yesterday. I want you to think about what it was like working together with blood, sweat, tears. You know, I pushed that thing in my heart. I thought my heart was going to pump out of my chest and I had to walk off and just go, the wind started to spin a bit. I'm like, oh, gee, breathe, breathe, breathe. Get back to the gym, get back to the gym. <laughs> but think about yesterday and think about the teamwork and think about what it meant and think about how some were pushing that were maybe a bit stronger while some were pulling and think about how you selected who was going to do the different activities. Because that's what it's like to be in the body of Christ. That's what it means to be in the body of Christ. There are strengths. And it doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're a little toe, whether you're, the, whether you're an arm, whether you're a torso, whether you're a foot. It's all designed to be one. There is no competition. There is no rivalry in this thing. Because when we understand the kingdom of God, then we can flow and function in it without ever feeling insecure, without ever feeling challenged by someone else's gifting, you know, without ever feeling, oh, I really want to be this when I'm this. It's going to be us. And there is incredible power when we walk as one, in an agreement as one. You know, it really doesn't matter what environment you find yourself in, does it? If you're in a marriage, the same principle applies. If you're in a work situation, the same principle applies. If you're in a sports team, like yesterday, the same principle to walk in the power of agreement as one, and whether you're in a volunteer organisation, whatever you're involved in, especially God's people, 
especially this thing called the church, especially for us as the rock, because there is this power that's released when we make a choice to engage. A choice to go, you know what, it's not about me, it's about this bigger thing. And God has given me a spirit to walk, yes as an individual, connected into this bigger thing. And we need to understand those both terms and walk in both of those things. But it's about a choice. It's about faith. Isn't it? It's about faith. You, want, you asked me to lay my life down for my brother. You asked me, God, to forget about me and engage in someone else's world. And through that process I'm taken care of, I'm looked after, because you truly do have me in the palm of your hand. The Bible says if we don't have faith, it is impossible to please him. By faith, these great men and women journeyed through life. This whole thing's a journey, it's, it's all a process. What is faith? Faith is being assured of what we hope for and certain of the things that we cannot yet see. I'm so encouraged by this weekend to see you guys here now, to see what went on. It encourages my heart to see God's people interacting and moving together. Faith to step out. Faith to see his kingdom come. Faith to see the, re- the lost reach. Faith to see people in discipleship. Faith to get people to pray as a body, as a one. And to see God's love and his power manifest in our neighbourhoods, in our workplaces, in business, in, in, in our city, in our nation. Through you and me. Not through some cosmic thing that God turns up for a period of time and transition. But through you and me. The church of Jesus Christ. Little old Greg Simler. Born 1969 in Liverpool. God wants to use me to see his kingdom come in other people's lives. He wants to use a Wendy Smythe. He wants to use a James Thompson. He wants to use a Johnny Gilling. He wants to use every single person that by faith would say, here I am, I'm ready to step out in faith and see your kingdom come. And as a body, we do that as one, as individuals and as a, as a corporate body. But it takes faith. It takes huge amounts of faith. Trust in others. Will I trust my brother? Well, I trust my leader. That's what Kirk was sharing about on Friday night. That Timothy trusted in Paul. He sat under his apostolic grace gift to receive that. Do I trust this man? Do I trust this woman? That they may be hearing and seeing from God at a point where I maybe am not. And do I have trust enough in God, not in the person, but in God, that God has established and to walk together as a body that we would arrive at one point. I don't want to finish my race on my own. I want to finish it with my fellow brothers and sisters where we cross the line arm in arm together entering into eternity. Amen. And the Hebrews 11 says there is a whole stream of people waiting for us to finish our race before they can finish their race. And they are cheering the body of Christ on into this oneness, into this unity, this unified approach. And a few weeks ago, it was before Christmas, I think it was the 19th of December, we got together as an eldership and we just sat down and we just discussed some of the things that we've gone through as a staff and we said what are, what are, the, what are the key elements that, that we want to be building towards as we go forward, as we journey uh, from this point. And one of the key elements and the first thing that we, we talked about was prayer. That God's people need to be praying people. 
coming together as one in prayer, seeking the Father. Prayer unlocks the supernatural. Prayer unlocks everything in our lives. I'm learning this more and more. Greg, get your hands off things, pray about them first, hear my voice, then go. You could be wasting a whole lot of time with your hands on things that I've never asked you to do. Prayer, sitting in the Father's presence, just allowing Him to speak, and then seeing His kingdom work outwork because you can hear and activate the hearing. Prayer, guys, we've got to be a people of prayer. I was talking with Kirk. Now, me and Kirk, we, 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 we can do things, you know, and there's probably more people here. You can get your hands on things. You can make it happen. But is it through what the Father wants made happen? The second thing we talked about was reaching people that do not yet know this person called Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Man, that, that is something you know is, is bur- I am burdened with. It's not something I chose. It's something that was almost God-given. It's a burden. It's something I carry, and I, and we, and, and I want us to carry that. That you know the the service that we're going to have uh, very on the twentieth, you know the skeptics guide to God, and then at night it's going to be talking about unlocking what does heaven look like. That we would carry people in our hearts so much that you you would almost adopt them and see them as your own your own child, your own brother, your own sister, and pray for them. Pray, pray, pray. I want to see my brother. I want to see my mate. I want to see my neighbour. Father, move, God. I can't do this. I can't do this, but you can. I can't play the role of the Holy Spirit, but you can. You are the Spirit, and I want you to move. But I love people, and I want them to engage with you. I can't contain what's in me because it's changing and transforming me. I want everyone to know about it. And so we have to be a community of people that, at the core of who we are, care about what Jesus carried. It's the reason he came for you. You were lost at some point. I was. Imagine if he said, oh, I'm give a toss. We wouldn't be here today. So do we carry the things? The second, the third thing, sorry, is, is discipleship, is, is being fully devoted to growing others into this fullness of this kingdom message in Christ. And so we're going to have things, and we're going to be building things. And, you know, we, right now we, um, we're just talking through the principles going to underpin uh, the equipping arm that will just sort of replace ENLI. And the elements that need to be in that, that God's people would come out loving the lost, loving God, loving others, wanting to disciple, engaging, going, you know what? There's something in me that God has put in me through this process and I have to share it with others. I want you to come into the things I'm coming into. Let's do this together. We talked about having a a, a connection, our stronger connection to Cambodia and just serving uh, Sinai and Samalai and this family. Coming together, allowing God to come amongst us and for relationships to build. You know, if the enemy can get to family, if the enemy can get to Danielle and I, he's got us. God builds from a marriage covenant first. Then it comes kids. Then it comes a small environment, smaller group. Then it becomes the rock. And then it becomes international. And the challenge for the church today and for me and for leaders like me is... We sort of want to go from Jesus straight over to the international. Has all the honour, has all the fame, get to speak in front of thousands of people, and we skip the process. God's more interested that, that my family and my wife and my children are walking in alignment to Him than my ministry. As one. It's the body of Christ. As we agree together, and guess what I'm saying is, I, I need 
I can't do this on my own. We can't do this as an allyship on our own as staff. It's, it's us. And we agree as we go forward to those five elements, to prayer, to reaching the lost, to discipleship, to family, and to go above our nation to other nations. There will be incredible synergy and power that your own life will be transformed through. But we've got to have faith for that. We've got to die to some of our own things for that. Let go of those things and grab hold of what God's birthing here through us. You know, I, um, I used to be part of the soccer team called Napier South, and we were really just a bunch of misfits. Um, it was a Sunday league, and um, you know, we had guys that played in the first 11, their school team, second 11, and then there was a third 11, and we had guys that were in, in, in a range of these teams, and, and we played this under-19 league on a Sunday um, before I was... Well, I was Christian, otherwise I would have been in felt, you know, I probably wouldn't have been probably playing football. But um, anyway, we, we played in this league and there were four teams and there was this team called Taradale. Anyone from Taradale? <laughs> yeah, we have some fun now, eh? <laughs> Taradale was always a little bit more upper class than, uh, than Onikawa. But, but anyway, we, uh, we played these guys and, and, and we played sort of the Sunday league and then... Uh, they would they they would hammer us. They were all about eighteen, nineteen. The eldest in our team was my older brother Keith, and he was seventeen. I was fifteen, and so not only were they bigger, stronger, faster than. And in a normal game, um, I mean, I think one game they beat us thirteen nil, and uh, not much fun when you're the goalie and uh, picking that ball out thirteen times. But um, we came into this tournament. It was a knockout tournament, and we could play. It was twenty minutes each way. And uh, we played against them, and there they all run, you know, they're running around. I mean, to give you an idea, I mean, our strip, we looked like signal toothpaste. We had these strips, and they were like these thin lines, red and white, okay? And then you wore whatever shorts you wanted to wear and whatever socks you wore. So a lot of guys were wearing their, their school uniform, you know, soccer team uh, strips. You might have white shorts, black shorts, whatever. And Taradale came out, and they got all their red strip, and they're sort of bouncing around like this, you know, and sort of knocking the ball backwards and forwards. And, and what always amazed me is how a lot of New Zealanders playing soccer talk with a funny twang like that when they play football, you know, and there's all this cockney accent comes, all right, mate, pass the ball here. Yeah. You don't normally talk like that. Anyway, so these guys, they, they were the cream of the cream, and the game kicks off. <laughs> we defended for 40 minutes solid. <laughs> I mean, they hit the crossbar, they hit the post. I think I would clear the ball out, it would come back. Clear the ball out, it would come back. We just pretty much defended, and we had one shot on their goal. And we made it through full time, and it went to penalty shootouts. We thought, we've got a chance here, boys. And we ended up beating them on penalty shootout 3-2, the last kick of the game. We'd never beaten these guys and we were celebrating, jumping around and we went into the final and we won big gold medals like we saw today and we were like, whoa, we beat Taradale, you know. And Taradale are walking home like, how could this bunch of misfits, losers take out the cream and the cream? Why did we do it? Because we had the power to agree to move forward as a team, working together, those that were stronger were supporting the weak, the defenders were moving up to the front and defending like mad, trying to go forward. The power of agreement actually beats. And that's that whole saying, isn't it? You know, A good team, a good spirited team will always be a great team of individuals. And as the church, we have to go forward in this thing called agreement. Power of agreement. I don't know how you see yourself. You might, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I, I've got no gifts. Yes, you have. 
Find out what it is. God gives us everything we need to do this thing in abundance of. And so we must come into an alignment with his thinking. And I want to encourage us all in those five areas, and we'll be speaking more about this, but just come with me to John 17, if you've got your Bible, because this is an incredible, powerful illustration, truth that Jesus is trying to get through to his church. John 17, verses 13, we'll start there. And I start, but now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. You see, it's not, it's not, some, some Christians actually try and segregate themselves from the very thing we're called to, thinking that's religious. See, it's not taking you out of the world, you're supposed to be in it. You're supposed to reach it. But you need to be, you need to walk in accuracy, you need to know who you are, you need to know what I've empowered you for, you need to be in a body, so this one called evil one can't just pluck you out if you're out there on your own. But we're called to serve it. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. This is powerful, verse 20. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, which is his disciples, but for those also who believe in me, through their word. He's talking about us. Jesus Christ prayed, think about this, for you and me. Jesus Christ, the God, the creator of everything we see, prayed for you and me. He looked 2,000 years into the future and saw you and prayed for you. That's incredible, isn't it? I thought so. <laughs> that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Wow. Wow. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them. And they may be one, just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, for you have loved me before the foundation of the world. There is so much in that passage 
that I believe that the church is fully engaged with it as we need to even today, we would not have these different denominations. I don't understand that, to be honest. I don't understand the different denominations that exist in the body of Christ. That's just my personal opinion. But I think it has something to do with not being able to walk in oneness. That's what I want to suggest to us today. Because as we look at this passage, we see Jesus Christ saying, Father, I'm praying that these men, these 12 men that are going to go forward today would be one as we are one. And I live in them and you live in me. And then he looks into the future and he sees how hard it is for humans to walk as one. To truly walk as one. To truly be the church that unifies as one body. Jesus understood that. Because why? Because it means the death to self. It means we all let go of our selfish will and grab hold of his. He knows that so he prays. And he says, I pray for those that will hear the message of these twelve that they would be one. And then we look at today and we see division, we see splits, we see a whole lot of things happening. We, 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 we have these Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Evangelical, uh, Catholic, uh, whatever you want to call it, every ism under the sun. And it was the question I asked God 13 years ago when I came into a relationship when I encountered living Jesus Christ in my workplace. And I had this encounter with Jesus Christ. Not, a, not Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic. I, I encountered Jesus Christ. And I entered into this thing called the kingdom and I come and I go, this is what happened. And you have all these isms and different things and you go, how does this happen? And God led me to this passage. You know how hard it is so hard to walk as one? Because of the cost involved. But we must walk it. I totally believe that in my own heart that there shouldn't be all these things. I truly believe that. Jesus said this, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the complete picture. And if you knew me, if you truly knew me, you would know my Father. You would know the way in which we operate. The way. Because I am the way. There aren't multiple ways, it's me. And sometimes we can just use that as a, as a context for, oh yeah, there aren't multiple ways to God for a non-Christian. So all the different religions... But you know, in the church, we can have this mindset, there are all these different ways when it's got just, it's me, I and you, you and me. I pray these men would walk as one. I pray for the church in the future that they would walk as one. And if we truly, truly come to greater depths of revelation of who he is, knowing him, we can walk as one in accuracy. See, I'll put here, a lack of knowing the Father has created division through a lack of revelation. The word revelation in the Greek means apocalypsis, which means the unveiling of, the ruling back of, the peeling back of, to be able to see. And so we can we see as one. Listen to this, Jesus said this, he says, I am the way which justifies us. 
I am the way, justification. I am the truth, sanctification. And I am, sorry, the life, glorification. That is the process of being saved, salvation. All those three elements. And the problem for us is that we need to be sanctified by the truth to come into oneness. We need to allow the truth, the word of God, to engage with us so much that it transitions us, that revelation comes and we start understanding the picture that Jesus is trying to communicate to his church when he says, I in you, you in me, we are in one, I am in these men. I pray that this truth is communicated in such accuracy that there would not be all these divisions and lines. Why? Because if that happens, the truth gets watered down and we only have elements of it and the enemy loves it. And the power of agreement to walk in one and the synergy that comes with that is phenomenal. But it comes at a massive cost. Listen to these words. He says this, I and them and you and me, that they, us, the church, may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me. Isn't that awesome? But isn't that a challenge? That we have to walk in such a way that a world would look at us and know that God sent Jesus for them. And that says this, and love them, the world, even as you've loved me. I'm going to read that again. I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity, which is us, so that the world may know that you sent me. So when the church walks in unity and models this thing called love and demonstration of dying to self within one another, a world looks and goes, what on earth is those, who are those people? Have you ever seen these guys before? Look, look, look at the way they live. Look at how there's no, there is no need, there's nothing that this community lacks. Sounds a bit like Acts, doesn't it? And love them even as you have loved me. When we walk, and we walk in this agreement, this power to agree through love, has to be love. The love of God in us. I can't love you the way God needs me or wants me to love you. I have to love him with the love that's in me, which is him, which is agape. And the only way I can do that is if I die to me and his love is released. And when we all engage in that and engage in his primary mission, which is to love him with everything we have and to love others and to go make disciples, a world looks at us and cannot figure us out. But there's something in that power because God is in the middle of us and with us and coming out of us that attracts them. Do you realize that? That the presence of God lives in you and the more you walk in accuracy to him, the greater the power that lives within you that people can see it and it scares them on one hand, but they're drawn to it on another. It's not weird. It's normal. Very normal. So I had this person just the other day say, you're more Pentecostal than I am. I'm like, what? You're more Pentecostal than I am. That's why we're... I'm like, what does that even mean? Does that mean because I sing? 
And you don't. I'm more. Or maybe I do this. Or <laughs> what does that even mean, though? <laughs> I just met Jesus. Jesus makes me dance, he makes me sing, he, he makes me fall in love with, with him and people, he makes me lay my life down for others. I, uh, that's what you call Pentecostal, well cool, that's what you call Baptism, cool, that's not me, well I don't care. But I just want to walk in one with my father, that he is in me and, 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 and we're all doing this together. And we want to labour, it's like, I, yeah. See, all our responsibility, every single one of us, is to know God and to make Him known. Isn't it? We all have that individual calling on our life. We can't use any excuses. You, when we stand before Him on Judgment Day, meaning the Judgment Seat of Christ, He will ask you what we did with that because it's in here. It says it. The greatest commandment commission is to love God with every single thing you have, heart, soul, mind, strength, Loving others as you love yourself, I find my, I'm easy to love me. And go into the world and lay your life down and, and walk to devoting people fully to knowing me. That is the cycle that we are always to be on, doing this. That's a powerful, powerful thing. The greatest challenge for the church today is not only to walk as one together, but also to walk in obedience to Christ. And Jesus foresaw this challenge and not only prayed for his disciples, but he prayed for me and you. For the church to walk in the power of agreement with Christ and one another, we will all need to die to ourselves. Our challenge is to walk in agreement to the primary mission that God has given us, which is clearly outlined in his word, which I just said is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, strength, and I talked about last Sunday night, in that divine order, heart, spiritual, soul, emotion, mind, mental, strength, physical. And I shared how if the enemy could flip that around on you and get you trying to do everything through your strength, you'll do it in your way and you'll be confused and frustrated. We must have a loving relationship where we're loving God first with our heart, all of our heart, having him at number one, in our lives, then we go and we, we love others as ourselves, which is the body of Christ and, and, and at this stage people that aren't walking with Jesus and making disciples to see his, his kingdom, his dominion, his rulership extend onto the earth. And that is the primary mission of God. And we all must die to that primary mission. I'm going to read you this. I read this a couple of weeks back and it was so powerful I actually heard the, ooh, <laughs> Whoa! Now you ask, can you read that out again? That was the first time. <laughs> Listen to this. We, the church, are called to extend his rule in this earthly sphere, just as Adam was called to. We see this in each commission shown in the gospel, the commission of the twelve, the commission of the seventy and the seventy-two, and the great commission. God gave the same instructions. In essence, go heal the sick, preach the good news, demonstrate who I am and what I am like, extend my kingdom. But too few of us today follow these precise instructions. We get caught up in the side arguments, intellectual skirmishes, theories and emotional head trips. We become enamoured of our own talents and spiritual giftings. 
that's when you just sit on this side of the equation going, you know what, I've got this incredible worship gift thing, I'm just going to live for me and I'm going to make a whole lot of records. But I'm never getting on board with making disciples, reaching the lost and, and all those things, which you can do through this gift. I'm not saying, but do you know what I'm saying? Is you can just build your own little empire on this gift that God's given you and serve yourself. And you can even offer that to a world and still serve yourself. Because the primary mission is to love him, love others, get in and start preaching this gospel, start articulating it to a world when he leads it, laying hands on the sick, making disciples, be in that environment. He goes on, he says this, thinking we can direct our own course simply by putting our gifts and talents to use as we see fit, as we see fit. Though well-intentioned, we become self-appointed in our commissions honestly believing we are submitting to God. In reality, it isn't possible to prove the will of God on earth as it is in heaven unless we are completely plugged into the primary mission God gave us. We put it this way. There is no commissioning without submission to the primary mission. What's the primary mission? Love God with everything you have. In that order, love other people which is you forgetting about yourself, aren't you, in all this process, and go and grow as well as you've been grown to fully devoted followers of Jesus. We struggle with this because we all have this thing called a will. It's probably one of the most powerful things God has given us, so we are free to choose to love him and be obedient to him, while at the same time we are free not to do the things that he wants us to do. So you can come in and pray a prayer, you're going to heaven, and that very free will he's given you to make that choice, he also gives you to make, to get on board with what he really wants to get on board with. Prayer, reaching the lost, discipleship, reaching others. And God will not control or violate your will. But he will try and influence, influence it with his truth. But he won't come in and make you do anything because that breaks the covenant of love. So he tries, to, he tries to use others through today to speak forth. He tries to use a variety of ways to influence you for your eyes to be open, for you to see the role that we are to play. To walk as one. And when you harness that will, which is really what you've got to do, isn't it? Anyone knows anything about horses? You know, you've got to break them in. You've got to harness that raw power for them to run the way they need to run. And our will is so strong. It's the thing God has given us that we would grab hold of his stuff and run with it. But when self has hold of it, you're going that way, he's going that way. And that's our, our challenge as a community is more and more. Those elements, you start getting prayer evangelism, reaching out, being able to articulate, because once again, as I said, it's all our roles to be able to do this stuff. We want to help as a leadership by putting on vehicles, by creating opportunities, but if it's not going beyond that, if you're not taking personal ownership of that, then we're really wasting time. If all the, the hot cross bun thing does is finish the day that finishes, and then you wait for the next hot cross bun thing, there's something wrong with that equation. The hot cross bun event is to motivate you, to start equipping you, to challenge you to go, this should be a lifestyle that I walk. 
not necessarily giving out hot cross buns, okay, but serving, articulating this message of Jesus because you know him and you've met him and he's changing your world. And then you go, who wants to walk with me on this journey? Is there anyone that wants to walk with me that we could contend for truth, love one another, pray to him, break bread? The early church devoted themselves to four elements. Prayer, the word of God, the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to communion. And from that environment, life took hold and birthed, and God added to them daily. What would happen if, if daily people started coming to rock? Imagine if this place had... You know, the stage is now here, and once again, it's not about numbers, but, you know, but it's about us living accurately, and this place is all full, and now there's 500 people here, 1,000 people here, because we are walking in such alignment and agreeing to walk as one. Agreeing to those things, to walk as one. That is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And I'm just going to just read this passage over us, which has been going... It's been um, up on the up on the screen. I want to thank Josh Barr for putting that together for us. And we are blessed with incredibly talented people that serve us week in week out. And um, don't ever take that for granted, you know, because you know you travel around some places and you realise, wow, God is really outpouring His heart on us, you know. Um, but I want to read Philippians 2, and I want to show you a, a little clip. Philippians, not Ephesians, Greek. <laughs> Therefore, if, if, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete, by being of the same mind. That's why we've been talking about the renewed mind. The renewed mind is able to perceive and see things that the unrenewed mind can't. Having the same mind, agreeing to the same things. That's not just you know being a, 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 a someone like who what's the right word I'm thinking for? You know, challenge things. Ask questions. I'm not saying you just go along willy-nilly going, oh, because the leader said I've got to follow that. Contend for those things together. But at the end of it, come to agree that we can go forward. Maintaining the same love. I love that word, maintaining it. You've got to work at it. It's not something you do one day. It's continuous throughout your, throughout your life. United in spirit. We talked about that on Friday. Paul and Timothy, the Bible says, had a kindred spirit. It was something that couldn't easily be broken. It was bound together. It was like they were walking together back to back, shepherding each other going forward. Kindred spirit. Intent on one purpose. So what are we about the wrong? Prayer. Reaching the lost. Discipling people. Family, building into family, doing more of this sort of stuff, integration of family, and serving our brothers and sisters in other nations. And for this season, it's Cambodia. And you know, the thing that always messes me, oh, I love it, the fact that, you know, the Pharisees, this religious arm, challenged Jesus and challenged his disciples. It was like, who are these Muppets? 
I mean, can you not see us? We have all the attire, we've, we've studied for thousands of years, we, we know the Old Testament back to front and God himself turns up, picks fishermen, tax collector and the Pharisees laugh at who Jesus picked and they laughed at Christ. Yet these men and Jesus and disciples that followed Jesus overpowered the Roman Empire that had the Pharisees in their pocket. (laughs) How? Through loving one another as the Bible teaches and as Jesus modeled because there is no defense mechanism for love. I don't care how hard a person's heart is when they keep experiencing wave after wave after wave after wave after wave of unconditional God's love through the body, it melts them. 